Thank you for joining us with Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. I'm Adam, the lead pastor, and I'm so honored that you would tune in with us for this week's audio message. Every single Sunday, we gather together for a time to worship and to be in God's Word. And if you haven't made it with us in a while or never have joined us, we would love for you to join us. Every Sunday, we meet at 2798 John Hawkins Parkway in Hoover at 10 a.m., and we would love to see your smiling face. And guess what? We'll throw a smiling face your way as well. But we love to see you, and we look forward to connecting with you. And if this is your first time connecting with us, feel free to follow us on our social media accounts at Hope Church BHM. Now, I'm excited as we're starting off a brand new series called Hope in the Wild. Let's dive in. I'm going to start off today's message straight in God's Word, if that's okay, in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. If you want to turn to your passage, you can turn to that, or you could just listen along as I read it. But before we do that, I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to get in your word. And God, I pray that no matter where we are, whether we're listening to this in a car, uh, at our homes, at our workplace, maybe we're even traveling somewhere. God, I pray that we'll grab a hold of your word and we'll be different because of it. Lord, I thank you for who you are today. I submit myself to you and I open my heart and my mind to your word and your life-changing power. And God, I open my heart to your Holy Spirit who can convict, challenge, and encourage us this morning. God, I thank you. We love you. And we pray. Amen. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw them, when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. That's a pretty common scripture to hear in church. You see, Jesus was speaking to his followers, and he gives them a very important instruction. We know this in the church as the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. What does that mean? Go and make students. But here's the thing, friends. You know, I think sometimes we go, yeah, that's that's pretty much a given. I want to go and make disciples. But disciples are students. They don't just happen to spontaneously appear overnight. They take work. It's a process. But not only does he just say, just make disciples. He says, go and make them of all nations. The Greek word we get nations from is from the word ethnos, which also has this layered meaning of a multitude of nations. I like to summarize it. Go tell people about me, make them followers of me, and don't stop doing it. Go everywhere. Acts 1.8, he doubles down on this. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in all of Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This idea continues to say, Jesus is saying, go as far as it takes, go to where people are who need to hear my good news, my life-changing gospel. You need to go beyond your personal circle, or what I want to summarize into a simple phrase, we need to go into the wild. I believe Jesus was commanding his disciples those very days, 2,000 years ago, and he's commanding us today that we are to take hope to the wild. What's the wild? You may be wondering. It's people who don't know Jesus, who don't know a lifestyle of pursuit of righteousness. 
I think all of us would agree when we hear that, yeah, I want to go, go and make disciples of all nations. I want to go do that. But truthfully, I don't think we really want to make a difference in our local wilderness. I remember praying as a teenager, God, I'll go to Africa. I'll go to India. I'll go wherever you want me to be a missionary. And I remember this direct like yearning in my heart from the Lord going, why don't you do your work in your own school? <laughs> and it was so convicting. We have a wild. We have a wilderness. We live in a community. We live in a culture of people who are broken, who are hurting, who need the good news. But you see, I think we don't, we don't really enjoy being uncomfortable in ministry. I'll serve when I want to serve. I'll preach when I want to preach, when I feel like it. But here's the thing, friends. It's hard to do the impossible if I refuse to get uncomfortable. If I'm not careful, I will allow my comfort to rob me of my calling. James, Jesus' half-brother, said we need to count it a blessing and joy of Various kinds when we face trial, we need to count it a joy and blessing when we face trials of various kinds for the name of Jesus. The thing is, guys, living a life of Jesus is not all perfect, smooth sailing. It doesn't mean that we won't ever hit any tension. The thing is, the wild that Jesus was calling people to go to when he said, go beyond Jerusalem, go beyond Judea, go into Samaria. Oh my gosh, that's where no one wanted to go. And then he says, then go to the ends of the earth. Go and make disciples of all nations. This see, friends, the wild is messy. We've got a culture and a world of people who are confused. They don't even know who they are or what they were created to do. We've got We've got a culture that wants to think they can decide and create what is right or wrong by their own personal morality. We have a culture that seeks pleasure at every single corner. But we also have a culture that is broken and is in pieces. But I also see that we have a Jesus who meets us in the mess and brings restoration. How do I know this? Because he has met me in my own personal mess and he has brought restoration. And I can thank God for that, that we have a God full of grace, love, mercy, who picks up the fallen, who puts the lost on the right path, who restores the broken, who heals the hurting, who restores sight to the blind. This is the kind of God we have. And, he, and Jesus is saying, Put people on the path to this God. And friends, you got to hear me today. I want this to be a very practical message, but I want it to be straightforward. We as a church must take on the mission of being a people who look to take hope to the wild. If we choose to stay in our clean comfort, we're going to miss out on those who need help who are in the wild. And we'll also be refusing Jesus's command but hear that. It's a command. The commission was not optional. <laughs> Sometimes I think we, we try to live our callings and God and Jesus' commands like we order our sandwiches. Think of your favorite sub place, whether it's a public sub, whether it's a Subway sandwich or a Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, um, Quiznos. <laughs> I don't even know if they still exist. Whatever it is, think of your favorite sandwich place. And then think about when you go in there and order. We've been trained to be able to customize our orders. I know many times I'll go and get me a sub sandwich and I go, uh, just hold the lettuce or just hold the onions. I don't want my breath to stink all day. <laughs> and we have our optional items we want on the sandwich. Well, here's the thing, friends. Living for Jesus is not optional. 
it's not, the commission was not optional. He said, go and do this. He didn't say go. And when you feel like it, he said, go. It was imperative. It was explicit. It was a must. My disciples go and make disciples and they go and empower, going as far as they can to the multitudes in the wild, bringing people my good news. Optional living for Jesus' commission leaves people in oppression. And we as a church cannot be satisfied with that. We can't. And as a church, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about practical ways of how and really why we should be a church who look for opportunities to take the hope to the wild. And so I'm going to look at Matthew 16, starting in verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is the first time someone had addressed Jesus as the Christ. That's important for us to hear. This is the first time someone addressed Jesus as the Christ. This is important. And Jesus recognizes who he is. Verse 17. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Pause. So here we have Simon. Who is Simon? We know Peter is Peter. But his name was Simon Barjona <laughs> until Jesus said, I see you, Simon, and I know who you really are. You're the rock. You're, you're Peter. You're going to be foundational in leadership of the church. And we see that in the book of Acts and Acts 2 and 4. We see Peter give the great sermon after the day of Pentecost. And Jesus tells him, blessed are you. Jesus commends him, but he not only commends him, he, he blesses him. I think that's important for us to hear. When we understand who Jesus is and is to us, I mean, really grasp it, there's, there are blessings awaiting for us, a blessings of finding our identity. But then we also see Jesus tags on that new name, Peter. He says, you've been known as this, but you're going to be getting, you're going to be getting a new name. You're going to be getting an, an ad addition to it. And it's going to be that you are Simon Peter, the rock. Then Jesus follows this by saying, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail. I'm going to pause in this because people can um, read this passage a little out of context. We like to think of it like this. Exegesis is the uh, theological term for getting in God's word and drawing out of the context and the meaning. Eisegesis is when we draw in and we put our own opinions on it. I think sometimes people put their own opinions on this passage. This is where we see the Catholic Church who believes that this was solely a command and authority given to Peter, which is why they viewed Peter as the first pope. I do believe that Jesus was addressing Peter. We know that. But he was giving Peter a, com a commendation, but also commission to lead the church in that moment and to walk in authority. But he was also talking about the purpose and just the, the authority the church can have here. So we, we read the word as what it says here, and it's saying, Jesus is saying, Peter, you're my rock, and you're going to be doing great things for my church. Well, what is my church? My church will be built by me, and the gates of hell cannot prevail. Jesus is saying, you're going to lead the church, 
which is what we see in that Acts I was talking about. But he's also saying the relationship and authority of the church are built by him. It's going to be built by Jesus and the gates of hell will not prevail. That tells me, friends, the church must be built and centered around Jesus. And it must be active against the gates of hell. A church that is not centered around Jesus and a church that is not active in spiritual warfare is not living to its divine design. That means we're not sitting cross-legged and hands folded. No, our hands are active and our feet are moving because we are in action for what God has called us to do. Then I pick back up in 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. That's the end of Matthew 16, 20. He says, I will give you authority authority and action. This isn't just to bind and loose whatever we want to. Understand that though. But it's connected to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is explicit. He says, hey, I'm going to give you authority to do things for the kingdom of heaven. But he gives us an image of keys. Why? What do keys do? They unlock and lock doors. They either open possibilities or they close possibilities. So when he's saying you can bind and loose, he's saying the keys can either lock something up or unlock it. So when he's talking about kingdom principles here and saying what can be bound and loose in heaven, well, what's present in heaven? Freedom. Freedom of sin. Freedom of sickness. Freedom of shame. Friends, the church, if we live this passage can open the doors for people to do that when we lose that. So Jesus is talking to Peter and saying, my church will be built by me going against the the gates of hell. And not only that, but because I've given them authority, they can bind things. They can speak against sickness. They can speak against the devil in their life. But at the same time, here's the important part. They open the door for people who need freedom. They open the door and it's imperative that we do this and that we step in action. Jesus continues this thought in Matthew 18. You can read that later where he he connects to it. He goes, when two or three or more gather together and they pray, I am there. And then he continues on and then he says, but you need the same principle of binding and loosing, which shows us that we have power and authority when we're connected to the mission of the church, which is reaching lost people and battling the darkness of Satan. Friends, In this principle of being, in this idea of taking hope to the wild, we got to see Jesus continues that thought in Matthew 16. He says, I'll build my church, but what's my church going to do? It's going to be a people who are not satisfied with the gates of hell prevailing. Instead, it walks in its divine purpose created by the name of Jesus and says, I am going to bring freedom to those who need freedom. And I'm going to lock up sin. I'm going to lock up temptation. And I'm not going to be given into it because I've got authority given to me by the Christ, Jesus, the Messiah. You see, in this interaction with Peter, there's a whole bunch of things here, right? But I see the purpose of a church in the wild. And so I'm going to give us uh, an addition, an addition uh, problem here. And it starts, they're, they're, they're words though, but they all add up to the purpose. So if you're drawing a, a diagram or an algorithm, you put an equal sign and then you would put purpose of the church. But before that, we got to put some addition. The first thing we see is we see a position. Peter had the right position. Where was he? 
He was next to Jesus. He was in the presence of Jesus. And because of that, he had this incredible moment. But not but before he can even get there, he had to be in his presence. Friends, we cannot expect to be in God's will if we are not in his presence and we're not aware of it. We've got to get our position right so we can live out our purpose. How do we get our position right? By making time with the Lord. Then we see position plus, here's the next P, posture. You go, wait, aren't posture and position similar? They're similar, but they're completely different. What I mean by that is you can be in the right position, but not have the right posture. I think of Elijah when he was on top of Mount Carmel. He was praying, but what was his posture? He put his head between his knees and he gave it all he got. He had the right posture. He had the right mindset. He recognized, Peter recognized who Jesus was, but he was also willing he goes, you are the Christ. So he wasn't just in Jesus' presence, but he had the posture of submission and of being a learner that Jesus was who he said he was. I think of David on the battlefield. Think about this. Goliath was out there and all of these armies of Israel, all these military people were there in position but they didn't have the right posture. They didn't think they could defeat the Goliath. But David had the right posture. He knew I got to get down and I need to thank my God and give my God credit and stand for my God. And as a result, he found victory. Friends, if we want to find victory in our purpose in bringing hope to the wild, it's going to start by making sure we have the right posture of saying, I submit myself to the Christ and his plan is greater than my plan. So we have position plus posture plus prayer. You say, was Peter praying in that moment? No, he wasn't praying. But we define prayer as conveying a message to God and having him speak to us as well. So we know that Peter was conveying messages to Jesus in that moment. I can't know my purpose if I don't have a conversation with God. If I don't commune with him in conversation, I'll miss out. Notice that. Only Peter's name was truly mentioned right there. Why? Because he was communicating with Jesus. He was communicating. He was praying. If we want to make a difference in the wild, we need to understand the importance of prayer. We've got to live it. We've got to breathe it. One of my favorite quotes by Martin Luther, a Christian without prayer is no more to be alive with him without breathing. It should be our very life source. So we've got position, plus posture, plus prayer, plus pursuit. Peter was not perfect, but in this moment, we see he was pursuing the ways of Jesus. Friends, as the church, the worst thing we could do is to hear this message and walk out or turn off this podcast and look at somebody with eyes of privilege that says, I'm better than you. I don't have time to give the hope of Jesus to you. I've got my own plan or pathway. That's the worst thing we could do with this message. Instead, we must look at it and say, I must pursue opportunities. If I am in the, if I'm eating at a restaurant at McDonald's, that's an opportunity for me to give hope. Oh, I'm with my family who's cussing up a storm, drunk on the, the weekends. I have opportunities to give them hope. Oh, I thought about a friend who's going through a tough time. I should text them. Maybe I won't. Nope. You get an opportunity to share hope. Friends, we have the keys to bind things that need to be bound, and we have the keys to loose things that need to be loose. 
What do we need to do? We need to loose and give people freedom in the wild so that they can find healing in the name of Jesus, so they can find restoration even though they've been fallen, so they can find the light even though they've been in the dark. But it starts with a church that says, I will go to the ends of the earth so that the lost will be found. Friends, I cannot be satisfied as a church knowing there are lost people that I pass by and we all pass by on a regular basis and us just be okay not letting them go to heaven one day. We have to be on fire looking, pursuing others to come on board with Jesus. So friends, I hope you're encouraged today. Do not be satisfied living hope in comfort. Instead, be passionate in living a hope in the wild. Jesus did it. Look at Jesus. Where was he walking? Who was he teaching to? He was in the wild. Yes, he went in the temples, but most of all of his miracles and most of all of his teachings were in the wild. He was going to where the lost people were. And you and I, yeah, I want us to gather at the church on Sunday mornings because that's where we get the power to bind and loose things. But beyond that, we got to be the church that goes beyond the church walls and looks for the people who need healing, who looks for the hurting and says, my goodness, I don't care what, how long it takes. My goodness, I don't care what you think. All that I know is I've been commissioned by the Messiah, by the Savior of the universe to bring lost people into the kingdom. And it starts by me living up to my authority, living up to the purpose of the church that Jesus himself said he would build, living up to the understanding that I am battling against hev- dev- the uh, uh the gates of hell and say, I will not go to sleep resting that I did not do my part to live the purpose of the church in the wild. And it's going to start by me being in the right position with the right posture, continuously praying and pursuing those in need so that I can make a difference and a hope in the wild. Friends, I don't want to live a life of regret. I don't want to look at Hope Church in five years and go, how many people did we miss out because we were satisfied with the people just indoors? I love every single one of you, and I love every single one of you that sits in church on Sunday mornings, but I know there are people who are lost that we need to have in our church because they need the hope of Jesus. They need freedom, but it's going to start with people who say, I am here on a mission that mission that Jesus gave me in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples of the ethnos, the multitudes of nations. Friends, let's be a people who set free those who need freedom and make a difference in the wild. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. God, I pray that we'll be encouraged and on fire, impassioned to live out the purpose of the very church your son Jesus said he will build. And I will want us to walk in confidence knowing that the gates of hell will not prevail against the blood of Jesus. And so God, I thank you for what you're doing and who you are and what you're going to do through the people who are listening to this message. Let them know they're not alone and that they can look for practical ways to bring your word to a people in need. In your name we pray, amen.
Well, friends, thank you for joining us here in our Hope Church Online. And as I said earlier, we would love for you to join us in person. We would love for you to connect with us further. And if you say, hey, I like the mission of Hope Church, I want to support financially, you could do so by visiting us at hopechurchbhm.com slash give. Well, friends, thank you for tuning in. And maybe you're listening and say, I know someone who needs to hear this message. Feel free to share it on your social media, on Facebook, Instagram, or even send it to a person in a text because we got a people who live in the wild who need hope. Thank you, friends. See you soon.